When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another season of Quick Drag, EW's RuPaul's Drag Race recap series. I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's Drag Race reporter, and just like Judy Garland wrapping up Snatch Game, I am here to remind you that yes, after months of Twitter spaces for season 14, we do in fact have time for one more, actually several more, as Quick Drag Live broadcasts hit Twitter before this podcast feed at our new weekly time at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, every Monday, live on EW's Twitter account throughout All-Star 7. This season, we're bringing a mix of guests from past Drag Race alums to All-Star 7 queens like my guest today, the iconic, fabulous, all-time master of Snatch Game, the lovely Jinx Monsoon is here today to talk about her iconic Judy Garland Snatch, which might be the best performance of all time on the show, why she decided to block Shea Coulee after the second Snatch Game victory of her career, and of course her decision to reference in her Judy performance her season five makeover subject, Dave, who famously said on the show that he felt like he contributed to Garland's death. We also have a special voice message from Dave in this episode, so please grab yourself a steak and egg sandwich wedged between two pork chops and enjoy. This is a really great episode. Jinx, are you here? Hi, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hi, Jinx. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am doing so good now that I'm speaking with you. Thank you so much for being here. I am so glad that we have you after everyone spent the weekend praising the master of Snatch Game for (laughs) topping Little Edie with Judy Garland. I mean, I can't imagine how incredible you must feel after shattering Snatch Game again, like nine years later. Yes, I feel incredible, but also um, I'm terrible at accepting praise. So <laughs> I'm kind of like, um, I see it, I love it, and also I'm, you know, laser focused on uh, on the rest of the season and just excited to keep, you know, showing the things that I shared on the season. But yeah, no, I'm very, very happy. I'm I, I had a high standard for myself for Snatch Game and set a goal and I met it. So that's that's how I'm feeling right now. (laughs) I mean, that had to have been such an astronomically high goal because you did so well as Little Edie and you just, both of these performances were incredible. Um, I I have to know though, what was the atmosphere like in the room as you were performing? Because it seemed like everyone was having to like stifle breaking character over your jokes and your songs, even Rue and Michelle. Like, was it difficult for everyone to get through? There were some times when I had to hold for laughter, which is always a very good sign on anything you're doing in Drag Race. 
But, uh, you know, I go into kind of a trance when I'm impersonating um, and, and the pressure is high. So I, I, um, I basically only knew what Monet was doing uh, <laughs> because she was right next to me. But everything else felt worlds away. <laughs> well, how long did your like little side songs last? Because they seem to go on forever. You know, um, I was singing ballad versions of, <laughs> of RuPaul songs, but I, I don't know. There were actually three. I think um, one must have got cut for time, but I can't remember which RuPaul song it was, but they were all RuPaul songs. I have to say, though, I was so embarrassed when I sang the old version <gasps> of the intro song, oh, but then yeah. I was so happy that I lobbed it up to Trinity to be able to play off of that, and she did it so well. You know, a, a big part of Snatch Game is how you improv in the moment. And um, that was a that was a wonderful lob for Trinity. <laughs> yes, no, that was such a great moment. And Rue seemed to really get a kick out of that part, too. Um, so were there any jokes or gags that you wanted to do as Judy or Natasha that you didn't end up doing in the final performance? In the final performance, I know that I, I, I know that as Natasha, I worked a cockroach in there, um, <laughs> but it, it didn't make it to air. Um, you know, as happy as I am that everyone uh, loves Judy so much, I also was extremely excited um, to portray Natasha because I've met her a few times. She's been so incredibly kind to me. Um, she hired for me for a gig um, performing at uh, Clea Duval's wedding celebration, which was one of the most surreal nights of my life. Both Clea and Natasha have been so kind to me. As you may know, I was in Clea Duval's film yes. season with Ben de la Creme. And that group of talented women involved with so much of what's wonderful in media right now, you know, you've got... Clea Duvall with Happiest Season, which she co-wrote with Mary Holland, who is just killing the game. Natasha and Russian Doll, which is like an existential mind freak. Um, it's just been so nice meeting these women I admire so much and finding, you know, that we have a lot in common as, as, as quirky people. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> Natasha posted a very nice message on social media about your uh, performance as well. How did you feel when you read that? Um, you know... Just kind of relieved. <laughs> I've never, it's the only impersonation of a living person I've done in such a, in such a mainstream way. And so I was just relieved that, um, I, I, I know Natasha has a great sense of humor. So, yeah. but the anxiety riddled Virgo in me was like, oh, I hope she doesn't take this the wrong way, you know? <laughs> I don't see how anybody could take anything that you did the wrong way. It was all so great. But the big moment, I mean, referencing Dave, your season five makeover subject, Mama Fortuna Monsoon, and absolving <laughs> him of Judy's death. I mean, was that something that you had planned to say? Or was that something that just came out in the spirit of the moment? It was something that was kind of floating around in my mind. And I think I decided if it felt right, I was going to do it. And in that moment, it felt right. I think about that moment a lot when when Dave said he's worried he killed Judy Garland because I am someone, you know, I dwell on I dwell on things and I can only imagine how much dwelling <laughs> Dave has done in his life over this um supposed contribution to Judy Garland's untimely passing and I thought if there was any way 
that I could alleviate any stress in Dave's life, then um, I had to do it. Because uh, Dave was so incredibly sweet to work with. He's been such a, a such a sweetheart since our time together on season five. And, um, you know, I'm just so excited every time I see him out and about living his best life, um, <laughs> getting his accolades. <laughs> he was at DragCon just recently, he yeah. said. <laughs> but I actually, I did, I interviewed him over the weekend and um, he left you a very special message that I want to play for you. Okay. All right, here we go. Well, first of all, Jinx, oh my God, you killed it. I mean, really killed it. Uh, when you and I were working together, you told me that you were studied, that you went to school and that you are trained in theatrics and costume and all of that. Well, this totally showed it. I mean, this totally showed it. The other thing is it's been 10 years, so you've had time and uh, you are definitely proving to the drag world that you know what the hell you're doing. On another note, though, you're going to give me goddamn, uh, 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 sorry, I just, uh, that's okay. Let's let me do that. <laughs> but on the other hand, you're going to get me arrested here for telling my secrets. Uh, I love it. I love it. And uh, with regards to Judy Garland, you know, it was an accident. I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> so we can clarify after all this time it was an accident not murder <laughs> right exactly which of course you make it sound like on this on this drag queen thing I mean uh, the snatch uh, game thing uh, I'm beginning to study here because I'm like 77 now James did you know that oh my god <laughs> wow what a message I am is there anything else that you want to say to her only that um I know that you're going to get into the uh, into the actual running. Uh, I know you're going to make it on. Uh, okay, let me say this. Like I said on the show, you're going to win this, girl. I know you are. And I've only seen you in two episodes. I will update that promise or that prediction later. But for now, you're going to win this. And that is the message that Dave had for you, Jigs. How do you feel about that? So incredibly sweet. Um, uh, I feel bad that he feels like I insinuated that he. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was kidding. <laughs> but I think there's plenty of context. Um, you know, he said that to me. I, I often cite Dave as lighting the final fire under me in season five. Um, when I went into season five, I, I tried my best to have really realistic expectations for myself. And I was never thinking about the final the finale or the crowning i was only ever focusing on each individual challenge and when i worked with dave i think it was the top five and we were so close to the end and dave turned to me at some point and just said you've got to win this yeah. jinx and that was the moment i was like okay um, time to start thinking about <laughs> the finale. <laughs> mm -hmm. So do you feel like, you know, hearing that from him, like that has to be another, an extra boost to you now hearing him say that sort of same thing again? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like tradition yeah. now. <laughs> well, he did tell me also on season five that that was like the first time that he had ever told anybody about this past with Judy. I don't think that any of us have sort of realized over the years that it was 
a, a painful point for him because he does believe that he did have a role in Judy's death. And everybody who's here, you can read a little bit more about what Dave is saying. We have a pinned tweet at the top of the space that has Dave's full Q&A where he gives some background on the night of the sort of exchange of the pills with Judy that he said. Um, so did you and Dave, I'm wondering if you and Dave had deeper discussions at the time that indicated how he felt about it or, or was it sort of like, did you take it as a, a just sort of funny aside moment on the show? We did have deeper conversations and, you know, um, not all doom and gloom. There was also, you know, a lot of fun anecdotes of having met yeah. Judy Garland, you know, and, and how monumental that was. And he also talked to Rue at a little bit more length than I think what aired. And I think Rue had the best advice for him in kind of letting go of any guilt he had around it, which was, you know, she was in a really rough place. And <laughs> I think Rue said something uh, along the lines of, if she hadn't gotten those pills from Dave, she might've gotten them somewhere right. else. And, um, you know... It's sad to think about because I, I think we're learning more and more every day, just uh, the effect that uh, societal opinion on our female superstars yeah. can have on them. You know, um, we've seen modern day examples with uh, Britney Spears mm -hmm. and the way um, mainstream media has just played with her life and with her mental health like a like a bargaining chip, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if anything, us all talking about Judy Garland's legacy again, maybe shine some light on the, the toxic nature of celebrity, especially towards its um, female stars yes. in mainstream media. Um, so there's, you know, there's silver linings to every accidental murder, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I think that it is, you know, that's what I was trying to say to him too, is that it is, you know, it's something that is very dark. And as you're saying, it's very complex, given everything that it means in context back then and also today. But I think this did really for him personally, bring him a lot of levity to that situation. And he was laughing at it by, you know, the end of the interview, and he really, it really touched him. Um, so I'm wondering, if you will now perhaps reach out to him, are we going to see a Fortuna in June? And uh, in Jinx Monsoon <laughs> remix performance on stage? Um, we're definitely reaching out. Um, we're definitely working on getting in contact with Dave again. I'm sure it won't be hard. Um, <laughs> the last time I, I, I know that I saw Dave at my finale recording, and I've talked to his sister-in-law a couple times. I think it was his sister-in-law, um, and I I definitely keep tabs mm -hmm. on him. It, of course, it was very funny to see him on season six in yes. the audience for. <laughs> the comedy challenge although it was it was hard to see him sleeping through Ben set because that's my sister yes. but um I, I think about Dave and what he went through in his life to be able to be an out and proud queer person yeah. and I oftentimes think about you know just like the progress we've made as a community the progress we've made in our society that young people are being able to express their queer selves um, sooner and safer than ever before. And that's why I'm so adamant about, um, you know, fighting for keeping progress moving forward and not letting 
our true enemies out there push us backwards. And that's definitely a growing trend, not just in America, but all over the world. You see this ebb and flow and this pushback to progress. And it just feels like desperate attempts at toxic people in power trying to remain in power. And um, I will never stop fighting against that. No, that's a very important thing to take away from this as well, because I think that in hearing Dave just speak about even the way that he met Judy, I mean, he it was like a whole, like he had to go to this bar that he said was a speakeasy because people were being arrested. And, you know, he had to go behind some secret curtain to even get into the actual gay bar. And it's like, I think that that's something that, especially a lot of the younger audiences, maybe even watching Drag Race, don't realize how far the fight has come and how far it still has to go. So, um, yeah, it's always important to call that stuff out. But I just want to, yes, let's, I mean, those are all the questions I have for you about Dave and the Snatch (laughs) Game. Thank you so much for doing that. It was so incredible. And I do want to ask you a little bit about some of the other things that happened on these two premiere episodes. Um, There was a lot going on. I mean, your victory, congratulations on episode two. Um, It did come with the decision to block Shay. So please tell me about what went into that decision and why you made that choice and your sort of strategy for blocking. I had just decided that I was going to block someone who already had a star um, because I, I was just trying to think strategically, like, you know, if someone were to win a second challenge, um, then they'd have two stars already. So I felt like I needed to slow down someone who already had a star. And at that point in the competition, you know, I was also trying to, you know, think clairvoyantly. And we had already, like, Snatch Game in episode two, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, Snatch Game is normally a midway point thing. So I was thinking if they're doing Snatch Game this early, they're probably going to do, they're coming out swinging and we're going to have another complex challenge right around the corner. And so my prediction was that it might be a design challenge or maybe even a ball. And I remember Shay just being incredible at creating looks. And I mean, you can already see in just two episodes how immaculate Shay is when it comes to um, creating and presenting looks. Mm -hmm. So my only thought was if it's a design challenge, Shay is one of the top contenders for design challenges in the room, and she already has a star. If I block someone else who's also a top contender as a designer, it might block them from having a star, but uh, I wanted to block someone from having two stars, you know? <laughs> so there's a lot of thought that went into this. Very clear oh, there's strategy. That I have, uh, so much thought goes into every single thing that yes. I do. It's amazing I ever sleep. Um, <laughs> I torture myself with decision-making. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of strategy and decision-making, there was a moment where you almost caught Trinity and Monet talking about their alliance. How hard did they try to convince you like shout out to delusion fragrance that they weren't strategizing in that untucked moment where they tried to deflect like did you believe them or did you put your sort of guard up from that point i don't think i put my guard up Uh, alliances happen in drag race and this is one of the only times where maybe an alliance would pay off because usually when people are getting eliminated like an alliance kind of seems like a hindrance at some point because eventually there shall be only one, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but when no, with no one going home, 
uh, an alliance seems like a pretty good strategy, but I've had experiences with alliances and I can see that they're not always the best route <laughs> to take. So even though I kind of kept my eye on it, I, I, I didn't necessarily, um, I wasn't freaking out or anything. Right. And when they were trying to convince me that that's not what I heard, you know, I second guess myself all the time. So I was like, maybe I did just make that all up. <laughs> maybe they don't have an alliance. Maybe I'm just, you know, doing my usual uh, doomsday prepping for something that's not even happening. Right. Well, I, I suppose we will see how this all plays out in the future. One thing that did change on this episode that is like, I've been thinking about it. it's a small thing, but I've been thinking about it ever since. I noticed people changing outfits between judging to the final announcement of the top two before the lip sync. And I don't think we've ever seen that in prior seasons where everyone is changing before coming back to the stage for the final judging. So how and why did that, did you all start doing that? So with the runways this season, we all were just like going above and beyond with our yeah. runways. And uh, lots of those runway outfits are not apt for lip syncing in. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, it's a highly positive season. It's a celebration season. And I think, you know, all of us really put in the pre-production work to be as equipped for all the challenges as, as we could, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of hard to tell who was going to be in the top. You know, there was uh, so many wonderful performances happening. So each of us basically changed... <laughs> <laughs> in the in the chance that we might be lip syncing, I got because it, yeah. very few of us were wearing um, outfits on the runway that that would allow us to lip sync. Mm -hmm. Like, if you remember when I said, "Thank God I'm not wearing that hoop skirt on season five, yes. That's basically true for all of my all of my runway <laughs> looks. So, the only problem with that is, you know, you can only bring so much drag to Drag Race. So some of the some of the lip sync looks are just like, what have I got? What have I got that I can lip sync in that I'm not going to need later in this competition? <laughs> some juicy couture like track bottoms. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I had brought an outfit. Um, the outfit that I'm wearing in the Adele lip sync was actually an outfit I had made based off of Adele's look when she um, hosted saturday night live oh wow and it's the exact silhouette except she wore a black top and i had mine made in red so i could wear it for the holidays and it was uh basically just you know i have this adele look i didn't know what i was going to use it for why not use it for an adele exactly lip -sync? that is wonderful <laughs> and it was a really great lip sync i loved it i also loved your Naomi Campbell walk. I mean, when you like, I have to know while you were waiting backstage, did you like, were you like in your head strategizing a walk or did you just like let it come out naturally? Because I noticed that Naomi's face as she watched you walk was very different from how she was watching everybody else. So I have to know what went down on that stage and in your mind. What's funny is I think I walk better when I'm not trying to walk well. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I have to admit that like, my runway walk is probably the last thought on my mind yeah. um, when it comes to my drag. I always say drag queens, you know, we're like superheroes, but no superhero has every superpower. Um, so it's no secret that I'm not super gifted in, in the realm of sewing or um, always giving glamour. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I think I've come a long way through the years. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, when I was walking the runway, I was kind of just thinking like, how do I let Naomi Campbell know exactly who I am in a runway walk? And, and that's what mm -hmm. happened. What I will say is by the end of it, I was completely out of breath because I think <laughs> I forgot to breathe the entire time I was walking the runway. And when I saw it played back, you know, when the episode aired, I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> that was not how it looked in my head. <laughs> I thought, you know what, it was brilliantly jinx. And I know that some people, you know, might, I, I mean, I think that that, I don't intend that to sound as like demeaning to your runway walk, because I think no. that it was very, it was very jinx. It was enjoyable. I, and like, I think somebody said on the show, if you were to like, give us like a sexy, straightforward walk down the runway, I'd be like, okay, that's not jinx. So. I, I think you did a wonderful job with that. Well, now, outside of All Stars, I have to clear something up because I and many others are convinced that that exchange between you and Rue at DragCon was a joke where he asked you to say your name. I loved it. Can you please explain that moment? I don't have any explanation. <laughs> um, what I can say is... It's not the first time that Ruse pointed at me and said, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, I think of my own experience in my own life where I remember people for sure. Um, but my memory is mashed potatoes after years of meeting hundreds of people of every couple of weeks, you know. Uh, and sometimes information just doesn't come to you right away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll refer to someone by an experience that we had together because I'm giving my brain time to remember other details. So uh, what I can say is Rue's always been so kind to me throughout the years and was so, um, so much fun to work with on the season and just so gracious and kind to each of us while we were filming. So I didn't take it personally i was more scared of the giant golden scissors oh yes um, <laughs> but to see everyone react to it it's like it was hilarious it was a funny thing to have had happen um but it's also wild how quickly uh, people on the internet will spin something yeah. so drastically different from how it mm -hmm. actually was. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yes, no, that's why I thought it was important to talk about. I thought it was just a really mm -hmm. hilarious moment. And Rue does look like he is really enjoying this season. I mean, that performance, it was just like, I mean, Rue just looks like he's just living his best life on All-Star 7. Um, so the last thing I'll ask you, Jinx, what else are you working on right now? Is there anything else that you can tease Yes, um, I just released um, my first new single. I'm working on an EP currently, and my first single is now out. It's called Know It All, with dashes in between the words, because I guess that's grammatically correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's called Know It All. It's a fun little ska-inspired ditty um, singing against the ills of toxic masculinity and um <laughs> you know just a simple song like right that. and um it's the first of a few singles i'll be releasing throughout the season and um my ep should be coming out this summer and it is kind of like the precursor to my next full feature album which is an epic space themed rock opera. Oh my God. Um, I'm also at the beginning of June, I'll be going back on tour with my original show together again, again, with my music partner, Major Scales. Um, we're doing our final leg of the tour in the UK. 
And then hopefully, you know, um, hopefully we'll take that show on the road elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just follow me on my socials to see all the places I'll be this summer because pride season is a coming. Oh, yes, it is. And <laughs> there's no busier time for a drag queen than um, than pride season. Yes, when, when Target's <laughs> shelves start becoming rainbow colors, that's when I feel like all drag queens start quaking in fear. It's like, oh, God, it's starting again. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for people in the UK who want to see uh, the the show together again, again, which is a futuristic dystopian retrospective of things that never happened. Um, <laughs> how's that for a plug? Um, you can go to SohoTheater.com for those tickets. Um, the show is me and Major Scales, uh, 40 years in the future, looking back on our careers. And it's it's highly tongue-in-cheek. It's a very silly, very weird show, but I'm extremely proud of it. And I think it showcases my unique brand of comedy as well as my um, singing prowess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, everybody, you heard it here. Please go check out all that Jinx has going on. And please, if you have not already, watch the first two episodes of All Star 7, which are streaming on Paramount+. Plus, They are so good. Such an exciting way to kick off a season. Jinx, thank you so much for joining me today. I cannot wait to see what you do on this show next. You have set the bar so high, and I am just so genuinely thrilled to see you back on our screens doing what you do so well and making everybody so happy again. Well, thank you. I can't wait to see what happens yes, next. Yes, it'll be very interesting. <laughs> Everyone, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 7 continues with a new episode streaming Friday on Paramount+. Plus, and we will be back here on EW's Twitter Spaces at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific next Monday with another special guest. Thank you, Jinx. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. To keep the conversation going, follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. And tag me at Joey Nolfi. If you like what you heard, subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave us a stunning review. This episode of Quick Drag is produced by Sammy Junio, Lauren Klein, Chanel Johnson, and Jillian Cedarholm, and was edited by Lauren Klein. Full episode reports are available at EW.com.